Welcome to the Movie Babies. This is a special side adventure. I am Devin. And I'm Sean. This is the college years. We're back again. We're, we're talking Kong, Skull Island, a movie that we w witnessed just moments ago that we reviewed in episode five, I believe. Yep. Um, where we had some differing of opinions on what Kong Skull Island was going to do for us. I think I ended up loving the trailer, and Sean, you were on the opposite yeah, spectrum. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't care for the main trailer that we, that we reviewed, though I was fond of the previous couple trailers. Yeah, so you were, either way, you were very curious how this movie would end up. And again, we just saw this movie. I'm hyped up on Spicy Ices. Holy smokes. Uh, we really did a number on the concession stand. Uh, got Devin to uh, <laughs> take my word for the most expensive meal on the menu, a spicy chicken sandwich with a large Coke and cherry icy. And waffle fries, Sean. And waffle fries, sorry. Here's the thing. Yeah? Worth every penny. You liked it. I did like it. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. First couple bites, I was like, hmm. And then something in yeah. the chicken sandwich, like took over me. I was like, actually, this is really good. I think it's the cheese. Maybe that's what, like, once you hit the cheese, mm -hmm. there's something in that cheese that's happening. Yeah. And that and the bright lights are, like, creating some sort of taste <laughs> sensation <laughs> into your mouth and brain. To me, it's the bun and the cheese. It's the things that were always lacking in, like, the hot lunch meal at school. It's like, yeah. oh, here's, it's chicken burger day. Great. But this is like, oh, they got those two elements right. Okay, it's funny you said that, because that was my first couple bites. I was like, this is a little bit of a high school, school lunch. Yeah. And then, yeah, you get to that center, and all of a sudden, your world is did you have opened it, up. Did you have it with American cheese or pepper jack cheese? I got cheese? that pepper jack cheese. You did? Yeah. That's what I did the first time, and I think I've switched over to the American cheese. It's even more, like, gooey and I mean, weird. it's definitely more patriotic. Well. I do what I can. So there will be spoilers in this review. About the food that we ate. No, well, <laughs> Because, spoiler, I also had a medium popcorn, <laughs> and I went back for a refill on my icy. You did? And that's where I, I should have, like, known better. As soon as I got that refill, I was like, I went from pleasure to, like, no, just yeah. lay me down. I wonder if, that, if we could draw, like, a parabola of, like, where our interest in the movie feigned due to our yeah. deteriorating stomach <laughs> disorders. It did kind of go in that order, too. Yeah. Of like, I'm really loving this movie. And then as it went, and as I kept Just eating... chomping and chomping. I was like, like ooh. <sighs> um, so this is probably your jumping off point if you do not want to uh, listen to some spoilers. Maybe we can just give a quick review on if we liked it or not, in case people want to jump off. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, I, good idea. Okay, so I would say I ended up loving it. There are some problems, but I would recommend going to see it. What was yours? It's, it's riddled with problems, but enough is there that's fun that I would say, if you're going to see it, see it while it's in the theater. Definitely a big screen experience. I don't think any of this fun is going to translate as well if you're watching it at home. So, if you want a popcorn movie, or if you want a popcorn chicken burger and icy <laughs> movie, uh, like you're a real maniac like us, um, go see it, and maybe even, you know, skip the, th I don't know, do whatever if you like the 3D, but maybe even RPX it. Um, this could be pretty fun, There was a couple of scenes, we saw it in the 2D as always, I feel like there was a couple of scenes like, that would have been pretty sweet yeah. in 3D. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, okay, okay. So anyway, let's but, get into the nuts and bolts of... Yeah, now it's sexy time. Yeah, all right, turn the lights down. Turn the lights down low. My pants are halfway off. Yep, I just pulled mine up. Mm-hmm. The movie starts with a real quick and dirty, like... All right, this movie's taking place in the 70s. Uh, uh, these two guys are, are leading this mission. Uh, they need, they need uh, approval and funding from their town senator. They need, yeah. they need uh, military uh, Reinf- protection. Reinforcement. Yeah, what do you call it? Uh, like, uh, protection. Uh, what do you call it? Military. We, they needed the A-team. They needed the A-team. And they got the A-team with Sam L. Jackson. That's true. And, and and all this shit gets put together, and they're like, okay, well, we need a tracker guy. And so they go and find Tom Michael Fassbender-looking motherfucker. Tom and then they're Nelson. like, oh, we need, a, we need a colonel. Okay, get this guy. We need a chick. Okay, get her. <laughs> and they're doing this at the speed that I'm saying this. Like, yeah. there's hardly any, like, proper setup with, like, well, this character's got this going on. No, 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 fuck this. Like, just assemble a team of actors, and let's go. And I'm going to cut you off a little bit, because the movie is very, like, cutting to the chase Mm -hmm. but even before that you see Kong within the first minute of the movie. That's true. Because there's an opening where in 1944, John C. Riley's character is battering a samurai. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As a kid, uh, he both him and an opposing uh, Japanese pilot like crash land on Skull Island from their, their fighter jets go down, and then they find each other in the dunes of Skull Island or whatever, and they try to finish each other off, and as they're wrestling and battling, Kong comes, and that's the big reveal, and then we cut, and all the A-team shit happens. Then all the A-team But we do find out later that those two adversaries become buddies. It comes back, yeah. But it's very weird because it just explains that in passing. John C. Riley. I mean, I'm kind of jumping around a little bit, yeah, but John yeah. C. Riley is like, oh, yeah, I was great friends with that guy afterwards. Like, we, when we just had, were in survival mode, we became pals. Yeah, it was like we quit looking at the uniform, we quit mm. looking at the race, and we became friends, and, you know, now I honor him. Yeah. And and that explains why John C. Riley in the trailer has a samurai sword. Which I was very confused about. <laughs> also, but- I heard that's also kind of a hint at what's to come, because all of this is one big universe song. Yeah. And we're building up to Kong versus Godzilla. And so that is supposed to mirror Godzilla and Kong being on opposite ends and mm. fighting at the oh, beginning. And then probably by the end, they'll become buddies and because, have to defeat something else. Because Godzilla is is like a um, Japanese character and, yeah. and King Kong is more vis-a-vis New York City is a kind of an American character. Yep, yep. Interesting. Okay. Even though John C. Riley is from Chicago. In this movie? Yeah, they kind of dropped the ball there. Um, So close. Okay, well, that's probably neither here nor there. But anyway, my point in the weirdness of the, like, throwaway line that they were friends or whatever, it's like, it kind of seems like a big story arc moment bit for this character. We don't get a flashback, which maybe is, like, to the credit of the film for being like, no flashback, we're fucking going, we're on a mission here. But, like... It kind of undercut the, like, sincerity of that part for me. And I was just like, oh, okay, you're just telling us some quick exposition shit. And, like, and that, all and right. From his character, it's a little bit tough because he's kind of uh, walking that line between being the funny, crazy character, but also having the most heartfelt moments in the movie, like, he, in terms of uh, character development. Yeah. So it's like, okay, am I supposed to be laughing at this part? But now you're wanting me to take this part seriously? He's got, maybe next to Samuel L. Jackson, the most character development 
development in the he, movie. So he's potentially either the comic relief or he's the main character. Yeah, we argued about this, like, who's the main character in this movie? Because they're throwing a lot at you. And I think the only ones that got proper arcs the whole way through are probably the two you said, Sam L. Jackson and John C. Riley. Yeah, it's weird. That brings me to the point, since we're on the topic, your main concern of this trailer was the John C. Riley character. Yeah. So how did that affect you when you saw the whole movie? I mean, the movie was a good enough mix of the things that I was, like, com- kind of complaining about w- that weren't present in the trailer that we re- reviewed. Like, all that action stuff, all that, like, Predator stuff was full on there. Yeah. They delivered. And they were, there were some sure. graphic scenes. Oh, yeah. There's, like, a scene where there's a spider with huge bamboo legs. Yeah. It goes through the guy's mouth. Yeah, it's like a cool, it's like a cool visual allusion to uh, Cannibal Holocaust. Very that, much. Like, has... That same scene with just like the the like totally on a pike person. Yeah. And it was so rad and there's like a lot of that stuff. So it did offset well to have John C. Riley kinda come in every once in a while and like drop one of his funnies. But his funnies were pretty much all the funnies from the trailer. Most of them were in the trailer. I do wanna say one of my favorite violent moments was (laughs) the man being carried off by the pterodactyls oh, into yeah. the sun that can only be rivaled by that Jurassic World Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, movie. yeah, yeah, when the, when the secretary or whatever just gets, like, unnecessarily brutalized. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we both were laughing, and I think a lot of people in the theater were laughing, but it, I don't think it was supposed to be funny, but, like, one of the red shirt kind of scientist characters who was kind of uptight and, like, I need to go home, I have a family... Like, he was kind of bitching the whole time. He's like, yeah. all right, dude, we get it. We all need to go home. <laughs> and right after, like, this really, like, we saw, our, okay, our buddies who were separated from the military guys, they shoot off their flare. Hey, man, we're going to get all together. We're going home. And everybody's yeah. really proud, and, like, the music swells. And then it cuts to a wide shot, and these, all these like, pterodactyl seagulls pick up this man. <laughs> just out of the blue, no warning. <laughs> and just start annihilating him in the sky, like, pulling his limbs off and everything. And we thought that was really funny just like it was such a it was such a like fumbled I think what they meant to do was like like kind of shock you and scare you it's like yeah like one of those everything's so going so well and then all of a sudden oh my god to me a good movie like a good movie like this summer blockbuster is like a good plate of nachos mm-hmm. and you can't have too much chips <laughs> and you can't have too much cheese yeah. but for the perfect nachos you have the right amount of chips which are your characters right okay, which sure. are the plot points and you get the cheese which is the action uh-huh. which is the funny lines, which is a man being ripped apart by pterodactyls in the sky. Very cheesy. And to me, this had the perfect amount of cheese for it. Yeah, it was full of (laughs) real American nacho cheese, all right. Before we jump off of the John C. Riley train, most of the lines you said, you saw it in the trailer. Right. My favorite line from him was, they were just hanging out, and he's like, you gotta watch out for the uh, ants. Oh yeah, and then and then you hear a bird noise, and it's like, it sounds like a bird, but it's a fucking ant. Oh yeah, yeah. that was weird. And then I really thought there was going to be a scene where we'd see these ants, and you don't see you the don't, ants. which I love because yeah. at that point you've seen enough of the yeah. creatures. Yeah. And also, it was way funnier that you never, <laughs> you saw, never saw the ants. But you knew he was like, oh, is he being crazy, or is this another thing in the island? And yeah. I thought that was a, a good play by that was them. Good. So yeah, I mean, they did a good job of balancing that. I thought that worked for me. Uh, Brie Larson also got some like kind of funny comeback lines or whatever. Like, but they didn't. I didn't care for her, the way she 
was made to inject humor into it. Like, you know, there was a mm-hmm. scene where John C. Riley's trying to stop Samuel L. Jackson from, like, doing the crusade to go find their lost dude because it's just too dangerous. And he beats his ass, and and, and then when they part ways, John C. Riley's like, those guys can't do this! And Brie Larson's like, well, why don't you talk to him again? That seemed to go well before. And it's like, uh, okay. To me, she was one of the weaker characters, which was a bummer because she's one of the few female characters in this movie. Yeah. And also, like, she gets shot down by Samuel L. Jackson mm-hmm. in a pretty hard way, yeah. which is funny, but it, it rubbed me the wrong way because her character's so underdeveloped. Right. She's about to give this very, like, stereotypical, like, rallying the troop speech. Oh, yeah. And she's about the to, like, world is bigger the than world this. is bigger than this. Gotta... And then Samuel L. Jackson shuts her down and says, bitch, please. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. <laughs> I uh, I see what they were trying to do there, but it, it didn't work. And Tom just had a couple weird attempts at funny lines and those didn't work and his whole character too I was just like you know from the trailers like is he the main character I'm not sure it seems pretty underdeveloped and they, he never says anything neither of those two say anything like the white no. savior characters from like the portrayal of the trailer like yeah I'm using quotation marks with my fingers. As I pretty much always am. Um, <laughs> it's weird, weird. Like, yeah. every time you're talking, you just keep doing it's this kind of thing. This Richard Nixon it's, kind of thing. It's very distracting. Yeah. Um, they, they never get any lines, and they it's like, you're like, well, but are, I'm pretty sure, like, they're the stars of the movie, so are they the main characters? No, they're no. not. They and don't they, get jack shit for, like, story development or anything. In fact... Middleditch, when he's getting recruited, is like has this scene of being like, I'm a fucking supreme hunter badass. Yeah. And then when he gets to the island, he's like super concerned about everybody's like well-being. He's like, oh, did you get enough sleep? Are you having, <laughs> would you like some tea? Would you like, like some tea? Holy fucking shit, Mrs. Doubtfire. Like, what, what? I thought you were the badass here. It's like, don't shoot the animals. Like, very weird. So the typical way to make this movie, him and Brie Larson are your main characters. Right. And Samuel Jackson and Jay, uh, John C. Riley are your kind of side characters. Mm. But it's flipped. And yeah. so our main characters are underdeveloped. He should have been a badass. They present him as a badass. Mm. And then once he's at the island, he's not. And he's almost... But not in a, not in like a, oh, you didn't suspect this thing. They just kind of like forgot. They kind of forgot. It yeah. wasn't like he got, sh- uh, like we found out he wasn't as tough as he said he was. Like that would have been interesting. But like, <laughs> yeah. They didn't do that. They just kind of fucking forgot who the main character or was. Like, yeah, or like someone like through different, like they were really developed. Mm-hmm. Like these are our main characters. And then like some other script, uh, like the script went through a th- Few rounds and, like, and it fucking did. Like, <laughs> if you look at the writing credits on this, there's okay. too many cooks in the kitchen. And maybe they're like, well, we got to beef up these minor characters. Yeah. But they did it so much that the minor characters became the major characters, and major's major yeah. characters went down a notch. Yeah, all of a sudden, Private Ryan is, like, the main guy. I almost feel like they tried to parallel his story and mirror his story with Kong, where Kong is the protector mm. and he's kind of looking after the other animals and protecting them from the big bad evils. Skull crawlers. And that's kind of what Tom's doing, where he's really concerned for some reason about making, making sure, sure everyone, everyone else is alive. safe. And yeah. Sam Jackson even calls him out like, isn't that your job as a tracker to yeah. make sure everyone's safe? And I'm just like, mm, I don't it? think it is. No, I think he's just supposed to find the thing. But it seemed like at one point in the script that was probably a main point where that mirror image was going on and that maybe would have been his connection with Kong but in the final presentation he's missing too many pieces for you to care about him yeah it was man it was weird there were so many weird little things that I was bugging out about here's something I did like about the movie yeah so you get your 
platoon of badasses and, you know, vis-a-vis movies like Aliens and yeah. Predator and stuff, you kind of have an expectation of how, you know, some of these side characters develop. And then when they bite it, you're like, oh, fuck, you know, they killed Billy or they killed Mac or like yeah. whatever. Fuck, man, this movie <laughs> doesn't give a shit about its like main guys or like, you know, you have the squadron of your main people of like the faces you recognize, yeah. and they kind of get lines, and it's like, oh, that's the guy from uh, Outer Space or whatever that show we watched was. That's where he was uh, from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, or like, there's the guy from that Coke commercial or whatever. There's the dude, the old dude who's always like in everything playing like a weird white trash dude. Okay. Anyway. Uh, uh, the, you know, so yeah, it's bit, like like bit characters. Yeah, or yeah, like, yeah. That, but yeah, you yeah. like recognize it. Like, there's my guys. So you'll see shots of like the platoon. You're like, okay, there's all my guys. Yeah. And then an action sequence will happen, and you'll start seeing these silhouetted soldiers just starting to get murdered yeah. by monsters and stuff. And you're like, what, wait, who the fuck? Was, which one of my guys was that? It wasn't. It was none of them. It was some <laughs> extra red shirt that they threw in and expect you to like not remember how many there were or whatever yeah. they did this with the helicopter scene there was like they came like flying into Skull Island with like six helicopters only two of them have important characters on them yeah. all the other helicopters just get like destroyed Demolished. and they're only there to be like food for Kong to destroy it's yeah. like so fucking crazy but then when your main guys do start biting it and I really wish the movie had have done like what I wanted from my discussion in the trailer review was like a picking off of every single person and eventually just being down to like are our main people whoever those may be yeah Yeah. whoever those people may be do they get off the island or not and to me you know I get it that's like it's a movie for everybody so you can't be too uh, nihilistic about it but like fine but like when they do start picking off they like homeboy who's got like the kid or whatever like the dear Billy Letters guy is like machine gunning down a stick critter and then like just kind of like looks off to the side and then gets like a cutaway splatter blood splatter death it's like yeah. oh fuck this oh, dude who seems I, important is, is that gone dead uh john goodman's character he just goes he gets one of those like oh fuck and then he gets eaten kind of like things yeah. like man that dude's important he's the reason we can't he's like <laughs> the runner of the monarch program yeah, yeah. The dude. Well, and like his character too. Like I think the story is like he saw Godzilla, or like he survived the Godzilla attack, right from like a submarine or something when yeah, he was in the so army. Yeah, and so then he so he survived that, survived a Kong attack, mm-hmm. and then he just like randomly walk in and like he's, a butt hits him. Yeah, he's like he's like firing off his like lens or whatever. He's like, what is this a good time to take pictures? You guys are like in this massive <laughs> grave of skeletons being attacked by a skull crawler and like. He's trying to fucking put film in his camera, like fix his lens, yeah. or fix his flash, and then the flash causes the monster to eat him or whatever. It was like, oh, okay, that's fucking crazy. Samuel L. Jackson gets like kind of the same thing, where it's just like, ah, I'm gonna blow you all up with my napalm yeah. device. He just gets stomped just, on. Just right an out of nowhere in stomp. mid in mid <laughs> exclamation of motherfucker, like total Sam Jackson way to go out. <laughs> and then the the older lieutenant guy, like second in command. <laughs> weird bit actor who always plays white trash people who I can't remember yeah. the name of. He's like, I'm gonna fucking self-sacrifice. Oh, and they pull hell. the music in, like, or they pull the sound and they pump up the music and he, like, is just, like, teary-eyed and he's holding his grenades and he's got a, like, bandolier He's like, grenades. I'm gonna save the day. <laughs> yeah. And the guys are running away and they're like, no, 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 no. And they're pulling him back and, like, 
the monster like kind of sides eyes him for a minute. He's like, ah, nah. And he tail whips the guy yeah. into a fucking, and, into a wall. And he blows up. <laughs> he just blows up. And it's not like, it's not like meant to be funny or whatever, no. but it's fucking funny. It's hilarious. Yeah. And this is kind of the root of why I love this movie. Okay. There's a lot of moments like this. Yeah. Where, and I think one of my favorite things, a lot of my favorite directors, like uh, like a Joss Whedon, who's really good at this, mm-hmm. is taking your expectations yeah. and then twisting them. Right. And I love that sort of stuff because I've seen so many movies and I'm kind of, you know, you kind of get used to all yeah, you the... you see shit coming. You see all the beats. Mm. And so I love it when someone just does a little twist. And this movie is this fall of them. Mm-hmm. And that's a great one where the guy's like, I'm going to self-sacrifice and be a hero. Nope. <laughs> and then you the died monsters... You for nothing. The monster's just smart enough, I yeah. guess. And this tail whips him oh, into man. a mountain and he blows up. It was good. I really dug that. Too many people lived for my There taste. was a lot living at the end. And and the movie ended... like. But even uh, John C. Riley living was a surprise. Was it? Because I feel like as soon as you say, like, yeah, I can't wait to get back home, That's see your the death Cubs sentence. game, yeah. see my son, it's like, oh, you dead. Yeah, you just killed yourself. You just killed yourself. Don't ever... <laughs> if you're in a... If, listeners, if you're ever in peril, and it's you and anybody else... Do not talk about what you have to live for. <laughs> Keep that shit under wraps. Yeah. Because you just fucking put your ass on the Reaper's Pike if you if you start talking about the shit that you need to get done when you get home. Can we talk about the fight scene at the end when Kong and mm-hmm. the biggest skull crawler start fighting? Yeah. And Kong gets pushed over and he falls into some wreckage of a plane. Or something. Okay, yeah. So this is where the film falls apart. Well, the, no, the film has fallen and and risen many times over. I was with it, but once, once this is where it falls apart for me at least. Okay. Once they try to establish that Kong is friends with the humans, we'll let's, put a pin yeah, in let's that. Let's get one. there in a second. And then once Kong is fighting the big bad, mm-hmm. that's where like the third act to me is where it's all kind of like. You don't have enough time to finish the movie you want to make. Okay. Kong gets thrown down into, like, some wreckage, and then all of a sudden wrapped around in chains. Like, 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 like he was fucking born into them. Like, he was so, (laughs) he was so wrapped in chains, he looked like Ghost Rider. Like, how did he get so wrapped in chains? He just fell down. He was just monkeying around, Sean. Oh, my God. It was Um, crazy. You know why they did it, though. So that he could scorpion Mortal Kombat the well, bad guy. That too, but it. it's it's another like homage to the original Kong where he's like all okay. t- tied up and yeah. chained. For some reason, they're like, this is when we need this imagery he of like to have some him tied up. It uh, was weird. It was very weird. But it was cool. <laughs> what was your thoughts on all of the action scenes? The action was great. I really liked it. There was a couple battle sequences where they did, like, some unnecessary, like, slowdowns and yes, stuff. Yes, I agree. And I agree. It's just being done so much lately that it's like, if, you know, every Avengers movie or whatever, the Batman, it's mostly the DC movies that and, do this. It's the it's, Zack Snyder And thing. it's mainly the times when they punch, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Kong at one point is, like, kickboxering it, mm-hmm. and he has, like, some boat blade taped on his arm, mm-hmm. and he, like, uppercuts uh. the monster, and then they do the slow motion, like, right. you see his face all funny, and it's like, 
oh, that one doesn't work. Yeah, some Dude, of them were okay with the me. The helicopter ones were great. Mm. They did, like, a 360 spin around with the camera, yeah. which I totally hate. I don't know if we talked about it on a podcast, but in person we definitely have. Mm. I hate the 360 camera going around. It never looks good. Yeah. Here they made it look good because you're, like, inside a helicopter. Right. And they're kind of, like, slowing it down at some points. Mm. And you see, like... The action taking place within the helicopter and like you see Kong's face. I thought yeah. it was really well done in that. It was that cool. Instance. It was like it was like being in the helicopter crash. Like there's a there's a couple like that, yeah, yeah, where you were in the helicopter and then all of a sudden you see Kong's face and you see his mouth and you see his eyes and Yeah. Some of the close ups were well chosen. There was some crazy shit, man. Like remember when <laughs> remember when uh Middleditch is like, yo! John Cirelli, throw me your samurai sword. And he yeah. fucking throws the samurai sword. He catches it by the handle. And, and he puts on a gas he mask. He puts on the gas mask because there's all this poison gas in, like, this three, like, two, like, one block <laughs> radius. And he's like, I got to go save the guy who fell down. And he slow-mo runs with the gas, with yeah. the gas mask and the samurai sword. And then... Once on the other side, just pulls this pulls off. You probably probably just could have held your breath he during that moment. It, um, so un- it just didn't go anywhere. It was so weird. Uh, my favorite one probably ties in with the John Goodman death mm. when he's doing the camera. He like the flash malfunctions, mm. and so it just starts flashing and flashing, yeah. and then the skull crawler eats him, and it's dark and it's still smoky. And now the flash from the camera is, is inside the skull uh, skull crawler. Yeah. So you just see him in the distance and you just hear and see this like flash, flash, yeah. flash, flash. Yeah. And they don't know where he is and he's like keeps moving around really quickly. And yeah. I love that, that scene. Was cool. Very very suspenseful. Yeah. Haven't really seen that scene. There's a lot of scenes you haven't seen in yeah. other action movies. It was it was weird enough in its execution that I was like is this just bad filmmaking? No, I think it's just cool. Cho- like, it's weird choices, but I think it's cool. So I got to give it up for a lot of the action stuff. I thought it was pretty, pretty sweet. The, my one sad moment, they kind of teased it, is you want him to do the classic. If you're going to do a homage, do it here, of him ripping the Jaws. jaw off. They kind of mm-hmm. tease it, but as you said, they do kind of one-up it. They kind of did one-up it in that the skull crawler like, wraps his tongue around Kong's wrist while he's got Brie Larson. Who, we didn't even talk about how she's named Weaver. That's funny. Oh, wait. She's named after Sigourney Weaver, her character. There was um, a couple of those, too, like some of the names, uh, like Conrad, and I think uh, J.C. Riley's characters were named after, like, Heart of Darkness people. Yeah, yeah, and there's, like, Cole, and, and yeah, there was a bunch of people. Yeah. I was like, okay. I've a lot of nods in this movie. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, he's got her in his hand, and he, the hand gets plunged via the tongue into the skull crawler's, like, lower intestines, and then as he pulls the... <laughs> And out, he rips out the whole tongue and guts of the monster, and that's what kills him. It's like, okay, well, that's pretty. Yeah, that's pretty good. I think they, that's better than a than a jawbreak. Uh, we're gonna tease you with the Kong human relationship a little bit more because I want to talk about yeah, the monsters do. in general. Mm-hmm. What were your thoughts on the kind of the gods and monsters living on the island, and mm-hmm. then like the demons that live below? Yeah, I didn't get it. I didn't understand. <laughs> 
I didn't understand what they were trying to do with having him be the protector of the island, and then there was other... Th- oh. It just was, like, very convoluted and strange. I also was expecting way more uh, different types of monsters that... I mean, they that gave you the several, I guess. They I, gave you a couple, but it was a bummer because they showed all of them in the trailer. On the trailer yeah, in the trailer. Yeah. And that was a bummer. There wasn't enough... For you to show all of them in the trailer. Right. I was expecting, like, oh, if they showed this many in the trailer, the movie's probably wall-to-wall creatures. But no, that was pretty much all of them. To your point of Kong as the protector, that's one of my favorite plot points. Because I like that idea of Kong being this god and just, like, this is my island, I protect it. He's home alone it. Well, and that's where I feel like they kind of dropped the ball in that Godzilla movie where they kind of wanted you to think that. Mm-hmm. And they kind of played up with, like, oh, Godzilla's protecting us but mm. it didn't it didn't feel real in the Godzilla one here yeah. i believe that kong was a protector you they didn't like try to make it am, ambiguous mm. just right away they're like kong is the man yeah. he's on the good side yeah he's protecting this tribe he's of protecting people. the tribe of people it's like it's weird when you're a force of nature thing like that and like well what reason does he have to protect this small village of people like what reason does he have to not just like mosh on everything? Like, well, he's the he's the god, he's but, the boss. Like, yeah, but like, why? Why? I mean, I guess because he's the biggest and he's, he's the baddest. If he's the biggest and the baddest, why isn't he just destroying everything in his way? Like, why does because he have any he's a good guy? Sean, do you know what good guys are? No, I don't. Um, I don't understand why an animal would be like, oh yeah, because he's an he's, a, he's an intelligent animal. But what's he, the okay? But he, like, he knows. Are they his pets? <laughs> are is he is he is he like just like in like a biblical way? Is he like yes, these people worship me, so I'll let them live, or like I think so. I mean, I think you have to think of it. What's the motivation of any god? Like from mythology to the Christian god. It's usually to fuck with people. <laughs> like, isn't it? It's to test them and to, like, slowly destroy them and to build up their hopes and crush their dreams. Like, I, I don't mean, get... A point could be made for that. I think also it's a point where Kong realizes, like, look... And it's the family business with Kong. <laughs> oh, you forgot true. about yeah, that. Yeah, I forgot it's He has a family. family. It's the family business. <laughs> his, his, his daddy did it. His yeah. granddaddy did yeah. it. His granddaddy did it. They got taken it. down by the skull crawlers. And yeah, stuff. And so I now, get why he's got to have revenge on the skull crawlers okay, or whatever. Okay, when the skull crawlers are coming into his house, that's what they, yeah, that's yeah, the, yeah. it's his house and it's like yeah, if I thing. came in, if someone came into your house, Sean, mm-hmm. and started pissing on all your records, mm-hmm. and then they started eating all your pillowcases. Yeah. I don't know why they're doing that, but they're doing it, Sean. And guess what? They just took a shit in your shoe. Well, I'm gonna set up my micro machines and some paint cans. Can you home alone? Yeah, I can. I get that. I what wasn't in the script yeah. is any semblance of why, and that's fine. I'm happy to eat that, but it's like uh, maybe. I mean. Either he doesn't fuck with them based on some, like, oh, this is the holy ground that, like, he doesn't go to or whatever. So it's like he can't come over here where the people live. Or, like, the people offer him gifts or whatever. Or, like, they build him fire or whatever. And he's like, oh, I need that. And And those are from the previous movies where it's, like, the people were giving him sacrifices. Yeah. And it was unclear in the original one. I forget if. No, I take that back. I think it was. was They were giving him sacrifices, and Kong was taking these sacrifices. Right. And kind of, like, eating them or something. Right, and so they couldn't do that with this movie because they needed, they for some reason decided that Kong needed to be this, like, 
benevolent he's, character well, or whatever. And Kong's the hero in this one. They make it very clear it's that just, he's the hero. It's cooler to me when he's just this crazy force of nature that's unpredictable and weird. But uh, what th- this is a good segue into, like, why... For some reason, yeah. after, you know, a helicopter squadron of people come into his house, just like the skull crawlers do, and they start dropping bombs, and they yeah. actually wake up the skull crawlers, that at some point deep in the movie, he would decide that, like, the people who yeah. came to fuck with him are okay yeah. with him. So there's a scene that's kind of out of the blue where... Our two supposedly main characters, uh, Brie Lawson and uh, Loki, like are on a cliff, <laughs> yeah. and they Kong comes up to them. They just stare at each other for a while, close-ups of the eyes. Brie Larson, for some reason, Touches decides to him. touch him with no motivation. Kong lets her with no motivation, yeah. and they become friends. <laughs> yeah, very, and but nothing is spoken, or they're not like... It, do, it doesn't make any sense. And then after that nonsensical, like, tableau scene, Tom Middles is just like, we got we got to stop Samuel L. Jackson from killing Kong. We now can't we let him do it. Cause, Why? Because also, like, Tom, uh, Loki has been backseating it the whole time. Yeah. Like, Sam Jackson's like, we got to do this really stupid thing. And we got to go like, find my lost guy. And we're like, all right, yeah, that sounds great. Let's do your dumb thing that's going to get us all killed. Mm. And he just keeps going with all these things, and then finally... But the what causes him to break rank or whatever is this bizarre interaction. Yeah. And it feels like, you know, as we kind of discussed before, it's like, there's a lot of this movie kind of like... It needs you to be to have seen these other movies to fill in a lot of the gaps. Like, character, hopefully you've seen this so that you know why we're doing this. It's, re- kind yeah, of stuff. it's relying on the character development of the other movies, which is interesting. And, this and is I'm why, not saying I don't like that. Well, that's why I say if you take this movie and its world building, mm-hmm. which I think is the strongest point of this movie, is a world building and then you take like Peter Jackson's movie mm. and you take that character development and the relationship of the girl and the ape with Naomi Watts and the and yeah because that was the King best Kong part of that, that movie one. to me there's a lot of like very sincere moments oh yeah you really feel like they're connecting well he certainly she certainly wins him over like on that cliff by doing like the dance there's the and dance everything. and I remember from that Peter Jackson one there's like like a real, when he's in the city mm. there's like a beautiful like ice scene like where yeah. he's like kind of and I feel like if you somehow combine those two movies you you'd get your perfect Kong movie I guess unfortunately it would be Kong size <laughs> and it would be like a eight hour movie to yeah. make it work so you stepped out for a minute yeah. when, when when you were when, getting an icy refill <laughs> I wish you would have stopped and me. what you missed yeah. was um, there was a moment where Brie Larson was on her own out taking pictures because she's just like kind of free spiriting around the most dangerous island of all time just mm-hmm. like yeah, I'll just take my camera and whip around a little bit and she sees one of those like water buffalo creatures that yeah. they that they met earlier. That's cool. And he's crushed by a plane or something. He's crushed by some shit. Oh shit. Maybe one of the helicopters like yeah. landed on him or whatever. And she comes across him and she's like trying to lift the helicopter off of him to like save him or whatever, yeah. rescue him. And so she's underneath this helicopter thing trying to like push it off. And Kong just strolls by and he picks up the helicopter and throws it away. Like rescues the beast or whatever. Okay. Okay. So you'd think like 
And then they kind of exchange a glance, and yeah. then he walks away, and it's like, you've seen this before a million times. Yeah, yeah. And you think what the writers are trying to suggest there is like, that was the bond. That was Kong the saw her try to, try, to the best of her ability, like, rescue one of his subjects yeah. or whatever. He wouldn't have seen her underneath this thing. She might have just well been huddled under it for all he knows. He just walks by, lifts off this thing, and sees the girls under it too and is like, uh, I don't know, and walks away. Yeah. And there's a scene where maybe it's a little after that where Kong eats the octopus. Yeah. And there's that other army dude who, like, is clearly right there but Kong doesn't see him. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? Are you? Like, if you didn't see that guy but you saw her, like, but you're inferring meaning by her being there like it, I get what you're trying to do on the page but it didn't work on the screen okay well I'm happy that scene was there because I was going to say the only way to make that connection work is you got to have a moment like that mm. but apparently not like that better you need it that. you need it better the other idea I thought would have been cool is when they went to the tribe people mm. if they would have got some sort of like tattoo like, tribal tattoo on their foreheads or something. Mm. So when they see Kong, Kong, like, goes, oh, you have the same tattoo. They've got the blue markings. Yeah, you have the same markings Mm. as the people I protect. Mm. If they accepted you, then you must be good. I can accept you. That's the quickest way you could have done that. I guess so, yeah. And you don't have to, like, write a... You don't have to do another, like, 30 minutes of development there. This is what I think they tried to do. They tried to establish... John C. Riley communicating with these people without words, mm. and they just kind of like looked at each other, and then like they'd be able to communicate. Mm. I think they were trying to say Brie Larson is doing this with Kong. She knows how to stare into his eyes, and they're communicating without words. And now, and they communicated that hey, we're good guys. You're a good guy. Let's be best friends. It all, yeah, I guess. And maybe it would have been super cheesy if she had to, like, walk back and Tom's like, where the fuck were you? And she was like, oh, I fucking tried to save this water buffalo and I looked into Kong's eyes and we, like, had a weird moment. It was weird. Yeah. Like, maybe that would have been dumb, but at least it would have been, like, a recognition of, like, okay, audience, like, something happened there that wasn't this, like, magical... F- I don't know. Like, it just was... It didn't work. It, it doesn't work because it does. it feels like... When sometimes in writing, it feels like we need to get to this part, so we just have to write it. Yeah. And it doesn't, it's not natural. It's just like you can see the pin on the screen. Yeah. Like we got to get from point A to point B. Here it is. Yeah. This is the best we could do. It doesn't make sense. Um, We had six writers all trying to write over the top of each other, and this is what, this is the lasagna that came out afterwards. uh, Maybe she should have juggled in front of him, and that could have worked. I'm glad they didn't linger on it too much and I'm kind of appreciative that the movie stuck and moved the way it did because that yeah, that is the pro because I remember in the trailer I was like are they going to replay the events of the first Kong movie of the Peter Jackson Kong mm-hmm. movie yeah. are we going to see the same story are we going to see Brie Larson trying to make the relationship with the ape and them falling in love yeah. or I don't need any of that shit we've seen that but, and, they, and they do yeah. to their credit they don't give you that I mean I think that the little that they did give us where like he rescues her at the end when she falls off the cliff or like the, at least remove the sh- okay Take out the shot where Kong sees Brie Larson fall off the cliff and reacts scared. 
There's yeah. no reason for that. Yeah. That's silly. That's, Unearned. Yeah. Just remove that one shot and almost the movie is like a little bit better in my mind because maybe he just happens upon her later when he like pulls her out of the water or whatever. It doesn't ma- I just didn't want... I didn't need this, like, emotional attachment because, again, I prefer him as this force of nature thing that's not, like, uh, his heartstrings aren't tugged by these little fleas running around his feet. Like, yeah. I don't or, like And if that. you are going to do that, you you have to build to it. Them looking at each other one yeah. time does not build that moment. Yeah, and, and I'm appreciative that they didn't do it, but it was very weird. Take it all out, and I think it's better. So who is the main character of this movie, yeah. in your opinion? Again, I think it's what I said earlier. I think those two were supposed to be the main characters, and then Samuel Jackson, John C. Riley are your main characters. Because if you look at their arcs, mm-hmm. they're the ones that have the true arcs. Samuel Jackson, like he's a character that's only known war. Mm-hmm. We didn't lose the Vietnam War; we just abandoned yeah, it. Like we didn't get anything. What was it all for? Yeah, and so like now here's a war, man versus. Beast. Monster. Yeah. Monster versus man. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not abandoning this war. Right. I'm going to win this one. I need to kill these creatures because I don't want the people back home that I'm defending to even know they exist. Like, that's yeah. his... When he, and he's hesitant to even go home. So he's he's basically on a suicide mission. Yeah, he or, wants to just live army life. Like, yeah. it needs to... He, he's been... I like this about this character and characters like this where they've been so consumed by the act of war that because it doesn't ever end, it doesn't ever have like a winner type scenario yes. just kind of constantly keeps going because he's a man who needs that type of conclusion out of being able to like kick his feet up mm-hmm. he's never going to get it and so he's just got to constantly thrust himself back into the war and in a way where eventually it will become his death, like he knows it and, and that's kind of cool with him or whatever but like damn if he's not going to go down in a blaze of glory and, like, confound any type of logic of why he's doing anything. Yes. And, like, he doesn't give a shit that other people are going down with him. It's just, like, pretty bonkers. Yeah. Um, and on the other end of this spectrum, you have John C. Riley, who also is in the middle of war, is a war veteran, mm-hmm. and he's found peace away from the war. He made up with the Japanese soldier. Right. He's kind of, like, found these, like, Buddhist monk type tribal people I think why I like John C. Riley in it he has like a sweet face Mm -hmm. and so like when he's like looking at the people or when he's communicating Mm -hmm. you kind of buy it you go okay yeah there's like a there's a niceness to this man as well he's appreciative of the culture and everything yeah I thought they did a nice job of like he's not being goofy around the tribal people he's being goofy around the other people he's being goofy around the white people around the white people but with the tribal people there is like a respect he's giving and like when he leaves them, like, he just stares at them for a very long time. He's mm-hmm. not doing a joke. Yeah. And so I like that connection. So he's kind of at a different place from Samuel Jackson. And what he wants most of all is just to return home, see his son one time. Right. Have a normal life watching the ball game. Right. And there's, and there's little moments of, like, he's driving this ship and there's, like, a baseball on the steering wheel. Right. Like, the, he had little character bits that feel authentic. Yeah, throughout the whole thing. And it's just so funny that he's 
you know, he's kind of a duex machina in a way because if the crew didn't find somebody that they could, like, communicate with, there'd be hard inroads to figure out what the fuck was Where going on. Where they needed to be, how they'd get exactly, off. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So they needed him, and so he seems very much like a, in a Joseph Campbell story, he's sure. kind of like a gatekeeper of just, like, here's your tools for the job. Here, let me get you to the boat. Yeah. And then I'll die. Yeah. You know, but no, it's weird. Again, it's, it's like, one of those... The twist on the expectations, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, okay, but wait, the mission is to dis- is to prove that these monsters exist. Okay, well, we fucking sure as hell did that. We found monsters. Yeah. Now let's get the hell out of here and prove it. But, like, let's also get our people back home, but, like, also let's get this guy back home who's got... He's just been trapped here for a long time, mm-hmm. and that's kind of, like, collateral bonus booty or whatever. Yeah. That somehow gets parlayed into, like, yeah, but let me tell you why I want to get home, and let me tell you all this stuff, and it's like... Oh fuck! Private Ryan is the main character. Yeah. like it's well, so weird. But they don't, and the film's trying hard. I feel like to say no, they're not the main characters. It's these other two. Nope. And I wish they would just say Samuel Jackson, John C. Riley, opposite ends. Yeah. They, they sit. They share this similar trend. They're our main heroes. And even how the movie, it kind of splits the two parties. Hmm. You have one party where it is Samuel L. Jackson and his men, and they're doing their own thing. And yeah. the other party is John C. Riley and his kind of more peacekeepers mm-hmm. who are on Kong's side. And, trying to get out. And they're both trying to get out, and then they meet in the middle. So mm-hmm. the movie's set up with them as your main characters mm-hmm. until it reaches that end point. Because the movie won't pick the main character and won't admit who they are, that's why it feels like a mess. Yeah, it's weird. It's, but I, 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 I mean, I hasten to say a mess because I do appreciate how bizarre that is. That yeah. feels funny to not know who your main character is. It's kind of like the thing that everyone always talks about when they're like, oh, in Psycho, it's like when, you know, when like the first gal dies, it's like, oh, what the fuck, you know? It's yeah. like, and, and, I, and I like that. It's like you're not supposed to be able to do that. And in this movie, it, it looks like the, the fault of multiple writers just fucking it up but it's like that's kind of enjoyable the way it kind of bounces around and you're just like so unsure if all these characters were a little bit stronger and had a little more fleshed outness yeah it'd be this like awesome ensemble cast movie and, and i like, wonder i wonder how you do that because the movie is two hours do right. you do you give it another 20 30 minutes to know. like flesh out these characters are there things you you drop because you could almost drop just the beginning A-team scene. I mean... But that's also kind of fun, too. Yeah. To me, there's always a way to economize your one-liners in yeah. a way that you get a joke across or your exposition across, but you also get something inherently interesting about the character, like, of what they're talking about. Okay. And maybe they did that with, like, the, you know, the guy who's writing back home to his kid, but maybe yeah. they could have done that in little ways with everybody a little bit more, you know, for instance, like the black soldier, like who, yep. I don't think we ever get his name. I don't think we ever get like anything about him. He's mm-hmm. kind of gets to react to people, but he, like never really gets. That character is kind of the skeptic character, but he, cause he's like, isn't anyone going to react to that? Uh, we just saw that. Is no one going to say anything about it? Right. So that's kind of his thing, but there's not enough to it. Yeah, I don't know. It's pretty. It was pretty flimsy. It was weird. So I don't know. In in little subtle, quick ways, I think paying respect to the speed and and quickness that they want to execute the movie and the beats of it, I think they could have 
sprinkled in little things here and there that would be like, oh, okay, cool. I, it's funny when this guy keeps saying this line or whatever. It's like, oh, well, that's meaningful. And, you know, there's ways to do that. They didn't, and that's fine. It doesn't yeah. really matter. But it sure feels funny going through this adventure, kind of bouncing around and having kind of vapid characters try to stand in for what could have been a really strong, like, platoon-style, like, ensemble cast movie yes. or whatever. The payoff of, I guess, our main character in this end credits scene of John C. Riley coming home to his family after this ordeal okay. and getting the 16-millimeter treatment and the silent film treatment of his, like, coming home, seeing his son, seeing the woman he used to be married to again, yeah. having I, this family reunion was the weirdest thing. I have to... I, yeah, I'm interrupting you here because it's not even the end of the movie. It's the end of the movie, and now credits are rolling, mm-hmm. and now they drop this bomb on us, which is, is probably the most emotional peak of the movie if it wasn't such a weird placement of it. Yeah. And it was so out of the blue and shot so differently from the rest of the movie that you're kind of taken aback, and then you're like, oh, but also this is really sad and, like, heartwarming. But it's also goofy and weird yeah, because his face is always, like, overly goofy. Yeah. And then when he's eating his hot dog and drinking his beer and, like, kicking his feet up. That was like, the moment. This is like a Mr. Show sketch. That's the moment. This looks goofy. Some of the parts were really sad, like the wife well, seeing like the him. The face of the kid who's just, like, not – he's just, like, wide-eyed and in shock. And he's just, like, shaking this man's hand. He's just kind of like – Oh, fuck, it's, like, very the things they carry, and you're just like, oh, my God, this is, like, what it's like to come home. Yeah, the handshake, they do, like, a nice close-up of it. Like, I really felt like... it's not a hug, because it's like, I don't fucking know No, you. it's really, like, like, a military... Yeah, and yeah, yeah, Even John C. Riley looks older. He's playing it right. Then they get to the scenes, like, him holding the hot dog and the beer, yeah. and he's being super goofy, which is a totally different feel for what you're going for in yeah. this moment. And the baseball announcer's all like, oh, it's a hit, and it's deep field, and it's dreams coming true, and it's... I'm man sitting on his couch eating the hot dog he wanted from earlier in the movie like yeah so fucking weird and it's and it's it's totally like i could see somebody screenwriting this going like oh yeah this makes perfect sense like i guess it does but this was the weirdest execution of it in our in our town we've done a local thing called trailer wars where we make fake trailers we both experimented with a writer's writer's room Mm -hmm. and doing like a short like well, short quotation marks, like mini show that we do. Mm-hmm. I had the experience of like writing some of those and yeah. like you're putting them on the page and you have this expectation of like how this joke is going to land, right. how this moment's going to land. And so, and we gave them to different directors. Right. And like there's always a couple moments where I like saw it play on film and I was like, oh no. No, that's, that's not, not how what we I were supposed to do all. that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can't do it that way. Yeah. And so that I can see. Like I, I can feel, fumbled. I can feel that moment. I yeah. see how it's fumbled, where it's like, oh yeah, you're right. That's a home one scene on page, but the way they directed it, the mm-hmm. way John C. Riley was acting, the placement of it, yeah, it it was a fumble. And you know what's funny about that? The whole thing when we were talking about this movie being directed by the guy that did Kings of Summer, and like okay. he hasn't had much to his credit, but no. he had this cool, heartwarming coming of age movie. Mm-hmm. You'd think the emotional stuff would be like hanging off the fucking rim with his tongue sticking out okay. but like no the action shit he moshed on and the <laughs> mo- emotional stuff he like whiffed yeah. swinging a miss yeah. like real bad I wonder if that's where the other writers come in 
I guess so. Cause, well, yeah. I mean, he's the director, but like that's what I'm saying is like as far as being dealt this moment on the page, being like, okay, now do this. This is what you do well. Yeah. How he directed it so poorly. Yeah. You know, like he made the choices to cut it that way. He made the choice to put it over the credits. He Possibly. He made the choice to do it I feel like 16 millimeter I'm weird curious, silent film bullshit. I'm I'm curious though how much pull directors like him have because it is a blockbuster movie and he has like one film to his credit mm. and also this movie is kind of like they're doing like a Marvel thing where it's like this is part two of like a bigger story. Sure. So I wonder how much pull he actually has. His hands are tied. I'm I- sure he could have at least said, "Hey, Mr. Riley, <laughs> um, big fan, please don't smirk like a fucking <laughs> asshole." At the end of my most important uh, default hero moment yeah. of this movie, like, can we do another take, please, where you're just, like, a little more believable? Yeah. John C., you almost had it. You almost oh, made it man. through the movie without messing it, like, making oh, it goofy. He, he, it, it, he literally could have, like, turned to the camera and, like, done, like, a for your health or whatever, and I would have been like, yeah. I, yeah, right. I guess so. Okay, so then you get the Stinger post-credits. Yeah. Can we jump we, to that? Yeah, let's get our Marvel. Okay, yeah. Uh, apparently, it's is it MUTO, the organization, that uh, they're talking about the, at the end there? The company that John Goodman works for? Yeah. Monarch. And- Monarch is this underfunded, underappreciated, secret organization or whatever. I don't know. It, it didn't really seem like it had any legs when... He was trying to, like, solicit for, like, money and, like, yeah. help to be, like, ta- taxied to the island. Like, so it doesn't really make sense why now they can, like, detain Tom Middleditch and, and Brie Larson at the end and, like, shake them down in this, like, underground bunker where they're like, oh, yeah, well, guess what? We got footage of, like, all these... All the monsters. All the monsters being represented in cave paintings there's, or whatever. We've been on the track for a long time. Yeah. There's a uh, Totoro. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's Ghidra. There's, there's a, a Transformer we got locked a, up. Uh, what's the one that they're always making fun of on Mystery Science Theater? Gamera, the big okay. turtle. <laughs> yeah, there's Gamera. Gamera! We got we got a Snorlax. Yeah, there's yeah, there's Mothra. Like, okay, so we know these movies are coming. Yeah. There's on the IMDb. There's going to be there's, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, and well, Godzilla the, versus King Kong. And, yeah. This answers my earlier question. What do you cut? I think you cut the John Goodman character. You cut all this bullshit. Because mm-hmm. the John Goodman character kind of was the letdown. His felt like the most underdeveloped for our main thrust of the story and then he's just like nonchalantly out of the picture yeah he really doesn't have much to do other than to get them there and to be like i was the one who knew that monsters were real let's fucking finish the deal here but But, then that other but his partner's kind of playing that same character too yeah so we just have like both of them it's just like mm. he could have he could have been the guy that put the mission together and then stayed at home yeah like that might have been better you know, for for all and then you and, and then you can come back to this scene with him there mm. and he's leading this group which would have been pretty sweet John Goodman yeah. in charge otherwise he just goes out like a dunce and like and he's and he's wasting screen time for you know the yeah. other characters that could have used that development yeah, exactly that's a good point it, yeah I think it would have been more powerful to have the other scientist character his partner meeting with Samuel L. Jackson I know he's on a different boat in this part but like they could have yeah. divided up the parties in a different way mm-hmm. and he could have been like you know Samuel Jackson holds the gun to his head and he's like you fucking spill the beans what the fuck's going on here yeah 
And he'd be like, okay, look, well, this is all I know. Like, my boss went down in the submarine. He saw some shit. I don't know. I, you know, I've got some theories about this. Like, I think this place could be where this stuff originates from. And like, okay, interesting. You know, now you, now that guy's got some weight and credibility other than the guy that cuts his finger opening a can of (laughs) shit and then all of a sudden is firing a turret gun. Yeah, and then, and then it's all of a sudden has a waifu with the the one other lady on the team. I didn't, I didn't understand what, it was just like, there's too many people and they couldn't figure out what to do with them. But anyway, so, so this, this enhances this particular story into this bigger franchise of like what, what this is going to be. And so like this Monarch company is going to like, you know. They're shield. Yeah, they're shield and they're going to like send people off on these other trips to like find the other monsters or yeah, whatever. Yeah, because Godzilla, King of the Monsters 2019, which leads to Godzilla versus Kong 2020. And so is the point of Monarch to destroy these monsters? I know that they've kind of like in this movie, they kind of talked about like, we just need to know first, like we need to know before Russia, we need to know before whatever, like about these things and have it be taken seriously. And then the question arrives too, is this Godzilla movie who's directed by the Krampus director, he did Trick or Treat. Uh, yeah, this dude is tight, I, I'm into this guy. Okay, so we might, we might get a surprisingly good Godzilla movie as well. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they're gonna play the same kind of rhythm of where Godzilla is the hero and he's protecting his city because that's also kind of some of the lore of Godzilla. Is he's kind of like, he's like uh, Batman protecting Gotham. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, and and how they'll pit the monsters against each other and where that will happen and everything. Like, it's ripe for like interesting, fun ways to get these dumb action figure battles to happen or whatever. Which is yeah. Um, oh, also, was there a part in in Skull Island where John C. Reality was like? Yeah, King Kong, he's pretty big, but he's actually going to get way bigger. He's growing. So they kind of gave themselves some room there because... By uh, the time 30 years passes and we get up to, like, current time, he should be big enough to fight Godzilla. He should be big enough to fight Godzilla. Okay. I thought that was a pretty clever way to write around that. Yeah, yeah. So he's, like, a little... Because in the movies, he's, like, small enough where he can climb that empire state building uh, so yeah this way they go no we'll, we'll get him big yeah get him don't big. worry his kong dong's gonna grow yeah. don't worry he's not he's not a, a little joe young yeah he's this gonna <laughs> get big <laughs> mighty joe young that's good yeah okay so what do you what do you do with those movies I don't, I don't know. know. It's not special. It's too hard to. Well, at this point. if they can, if they can ride this balance of head down, zip as quick as possible, do it as fucking like hoorah as possible, and then sprinkle in some gags. I think they'll be able to sneak one into the goal past yeah. stupidly overly critical people like myself being shitty goalkeepers of like, let's keep out all the dumb shit that doesn't make sense. I think they'll be able to like, like shoot one right past me, like fucking Pele one like, right oh, I didn't between see, my I didn't legs. See that one coming. Right in the five um, hole. It, the story, I feel like it's kind of leading to like a specific rim vibe mm-hmm. where instead of the countries having big human ro- uh, robots that humans control mm-hmm. and they fight the things in the sea, mm-hmm. it's going to be like, here's our country's like, Mascot. <laughs> they set so America sends King Kong to do to go to war. Yeah, with and Japan, then like Japan sends Godzilla. King Kong. Well, and then 
like how in Pacific Rim, all the monsters come from the sea. Mm-hmm. Now these thing the what is it? The things from hell, mm-hmm. the skull crushers, and whatever yeah. else they're gonna make up. Yeah, they're gonna come and be a threat to the world. So now we got this all star mascot team. It's it's uh, it would be interesting if they tried to like usurp control over the creatures and try to make them battle each other to <laughs> to be like avatars for themselves. There's just, just a dude riding on uh, King Kong's head with like a stick and bananas in front of him. Get that guy! Get that guy! Get him! Um. Well, yeah, I don't understand what the monarch's position is on destroying the monsters or just studying the monsters. Or they're gonna have the element of. You know who's the biggest beast of all? Mm-hmm. The the baddest of the demons. It's it's man. Yeah. Typically, it usually is. Yeah, and so it's gonna be like, oh, I thought you guys wanted to protect these mascots. Nope, no, these are bad people. Got ya. We want to kill them. Well, you could have done that a long time ago. Yeah. Why didn't you make me go through three movies to tell me this? Yeah, it would be cool if by the time we got to Godzilla versus King Kong, that they've killed all the people. It's just them. It's just them. Like hanging out on the beach. Like just no battling all over the world. They're just like going everywhere. How is Anne Hathaway's colossal character gonna fit into all of this <laughs> big she, monster fight? She's stuff? like over at a park, like mm-hmm. behind a plate, like a slide. Doing some, she's like breakdancing. She's like breakdancing, and, yeah. and yeah, she's like. Huh? She teaches Godzilla and King Kong how to breakdance with her giant monster yeah. avatar. And then it turns into the Rick and Morty show, mm-hmm. where it's like, "Show me what you got," mm-hmm. and then they have like the battle. Space aliens come down to judge them on their on their head spin yeah. abilities. Here's some points. Here's my rapid fire notes. I want to talk it, about this movie. One. Loved all the animals and creatures. Okay. Mainly because they all have purpose. Mm-hmm. So, like, the buffalo thing mm-hmm. had, like, some grass and stuff mm-hmm. on its back. Mm-hmm. So, it's like, oh, this is its environment, the swamp. The spider and like, had bamboo legs. That's not purpose. That's just, it well, fits well in a, in a, <laughs> like, well, I mean, its, it's location. Yeah, but I'm saying, like... It fits its locations because it has this like camouflage and it has this okay. like what's that? It's there's habitat. probably a, there's yeah. probably a name for it, like a better name for it. Like the spider, it has mm-hmm. like bamboo legs, so it can better live in this bamboo forest that's okay. got going on. This the the stick bug creature looks like a log. Oh, it's like a log. Yeah. So yeah, he can kind of hide and do what he needs to do. Yeah. So all those I thought were great. Still not a fan of the Skull Crusher. I think they looked no, dumb. No, they looked dumb. Um, that two legs thing looks kind of dumb, too. What was the two legs thing? They just had two legs. That was dumb. <laughs> I have two legs. You it mean humans? Like, you have... Those are people, sure. No, I mean, but it, that's all it had. It had two legs, a tail, and a head. And, like, so it could either walk or it could fight with its legs. It couldn't do very much. Like, it was a bad design. <laughs> yeah. Evolution was not kind. You're a bad to animal. The, to the Skull Crusher. Um... There's a cool scene of Shaw uh, Kong in the like in the fog, and then he had ghost eyes. Oh yeah, like that. And he was walking up toward him. Yep. Another thing I liked. I need to talk at the very ending before the post credit. Mm-hmm. They're about to rescue the people. He'll come. Mm-hmm. Here comes helicopters. Cavalry has arrived. Kong looks at them. Mm-hmm. He pokes his head out from the rock, and, and he's, he's like, like, "What's going on? What's, what's my going on?" People that I just and rescued. he like in his eyes like more helicopters. Is he killing all those people? I hope so. I hope he was like, they fucking betrayed me. <laughs> it, it felt a little amb- 
ambiguous. I think he was just trying to be like, this is, I am the king. Like, I just killed the main bad guy. Like, take your people and leave. This is my island. Okay, because here's my other thing. Is this a tie into Lord of the Rings? Because he had a Sauron eye? He has a Sauron eye at the very end. He really visually referenced that pretty hard when they zoomed right in on it. Very hard. So, are we going to get some golems up in here? What's Maybe. going on? Maybe. Is there going to be one ring to control all the Godzilla King Kong monsters? Maybe Skull Island is just Mordor. Oh. Yeah. It's, it's, that I'm into. Yeah, 70s Mordor. Uh, that, was my, that was all of them. Okay. Rapid fire. Yeah. Do you have any more rapid fires? No. Kong Skull Island was a pretty cool movie. I think... Despite all of the shitty things about it, it was pretty. It could have been so much worse. It yeah. could have been so much worse. I mean, it should have been worse. Absolutely. King Kong should not work this day and age because we've seen it. The story's so old. We've we're over flooded with these kind of action monster movies mm-hmm. that the fact that this one actually stuck its landing is impressive I'm, and offered some new things. Yeah, I'm in favor of a movie that's. Weird, and this movie felt weird. What, so, do you want to rate it? Like a lot, with the caveat of it, you know, it's not a good movie. It's not like Logan or whatever, like it, which is like, oh, that movie definitely should be bullshit because uh, all the other Wolverine movies were bullshit. Oh, this one's amazing. Oh, who knew? Like, it's not that. Yeah. By any means, it's just so odd, but not in like a Nick Cage movie kind of way. No. It's 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 just kind of got these funny shortcomings, but then these great unexpected pacing and action exposition things that are just really unusual and uh, and fascinating. I agree. Like I was smiling a lot during this movie mm-hmm. just because it was so weird. Some of the set pieces and like some of the action, how brutally violent it was. Mm-hmm. There was a great scene too. Another like oh that was unexpected. A guy is running away from a monster, and he goes, run to the side, you idiot. Mm. <laughs> quit, quit running forward in a straight line. <laughs> I was like, yes, <laughs> finally. Uh, so, yeah, it's, I loved You want to rate it? I loved all of it, like a lot. Yeah, like a lot. So if you care to <laughs> indulge us in any more movie baby shenanigans, check out moviebabies.com for uh, links to all things podcast related for movie babies yep subscribing and rating are the best ways to support the show and sean when you don't have time for a two-minute trailer but you got time for that kong dong (laughs) we're the movie babies yeah